0: sean
1: and i'm clayton and we're men who like men who like movies two queer men who love movies love talking about movies and after a lot of urging we started a podcast sean what'd you pick out for us to watch this time
0: well now that we're getting more into spooky season um i have been wanting to get you to watch this for a long time
1: a very long time
0: uh uh, because i think this is a very Fun horror comedy. Um, and we watched Peter Jackson's The Frighteners. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just The Frighteners, not Peter Jackson's. But I like Peter Jackson, so I'm saying Peter Jackson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about your relationship to The Frighteners.
0: So I actually used to have this movie on VHS. So it tells you how long I've had it. Um, and I got it at a. I think. So my library used to have a resale room where the, like, old books or, like, pe- books that people donated people didn't need, like, they would be sold in there. And I bought far too many for my lifetime. And, but they used to sell movies, too. And I remember I was probably around 11 or 12, and this was on there. And this has a fantastic poster. Um, like, the original poster is, like, just just creepy demonic skeleton face just sticking out of like this like white background and it just says the frighteners at the bottom and i was just like oh that's fantastic looking (laughs) so i of course had to had to buy it i think it was like a dollar i think it was a dollar and i absolutely got my money's worth um
1: (laughs) it's worth more than a dollar
0: (laughs) yes it is um that's why i said absolutely Uh, and yeah it was just it was a ton of fun um i no, I'm not the biggest Michael J. Fox fan. I think he's fun and a lot of things. I think but he's he just, precious. He, he's just never been my favorite. I don't, there's something about his, maybe it's because I fucking could not stand Family Ties. In, oh, so uh, yeah, I never saw that, ties. so. Oh, God, he was, everyone loves his character in that, and I'm just like, I, <laughs> if you were my child, I would drown you in the river. <laughs> 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 and so i just (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) thank you so much for that (laughs) you're welcome um but yeah i just i have when i used to watch a lot of it growing up and i was just like god i can't stand him in that and you know like this was my parents were never like huge comedy people so i didn't see back to the future until i was in high school i've never seen it oh clayton
1: i know i know
0: oh clayton even like i had seen parts of it but i'd never seen it all until i was in high school but at least i could say i saw parts
1: never seen uh, a one of them
0: which is really surprising because it has crispin glover
1: I'm um, I'm y- yeah
0: you love crispin glover
1: well i know i was just not expecting that to be the name <laughs> throughout
0: well michael j fox i I know i know the plot
1: christopher lloyd i was crispin glover
0: yeah you love the thin man um yeah but (laughs) i digress so i just was never a big michael j fox fan like he was never my favorite of actors and so when i watched it i was like oh man like this is i think my favorite michael j fox role i know i know marty mcfly lovers are going to tear me apart But yeah, I do. I I really do think this is my favorite Michael J. Fox movie. I know. Brave. (laughs) Also, Trini Alvarado needs to be in more things.
1: I know. Yeah, this was my first time, like we alluded to, but I had fun with it. So, thank you for picking this, Sean. Good, good choice.
0: Thank you. He doesn't always say that, people. (laughs) Usually, he's just usually he's like. (laughs) I I had to force myself to watch that. I'm just like this is why we started a podcast. <laughs> 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 to force each other to watch the things we've been telling each other to watch for years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, so you uh, would you recommend this?
1: Fuck yeah, I'd recommend this movie. It's so much fun
0: fuck oh, no they killed diana um, <laughs> <laughs> i'm so excited to cover that movie <laughs> yeah, i know <laughs> um people will get that reference later yeah. um yeah i i and i would very much recommend this too i think it's a ton of fun it, it's a little totally jumbled but yeah. that's okay got, i think it's got its
1: flaws but yeah but i think it's fun it's, time.
0: i think it's a really fun little uh comedy horror horror yeah. comedy I don't know, I can never decide. I think it's like a horror comedy. Because horror does lead in more. Hmm.
1: Well, I would say it's more of comedy horror, but you know. Jake
0: Busey's in this. This leads more towards horror. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Jake Busey. You're fantastic, but you do look this like a This is right horror,
1: now. like Scooby-Doo is horror.
0: Mm, yeah, I would go with like PG-13 Goosebumps movie. Sure. Yeah. Scooby Doo, I guess, is a good one too. But I
1: yeah. thought a lot of Scooby Doo while watching The Frighteners.
0: Raggy. Uh, also, <laughs> I can. Would you like to know my favorite quote of all of the Scooby Doo movies? Absolutely. <laughs> Here's a clue: Purple is a fall color. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's May. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is legitimately my favorite quote out of like anything scooby-doo ever except for maybe like no yeah that's that yeah <laughs> like, I, absolutely purple Psychotic. is a fall <laughs> color and i i wear purple very often like a lot and every time no matter what year time of year it is i'm like purple is a fall color <laughs> <laughs> in my head um sorry but i just i needed everyone to know that <laughs>
1: it's a good good thing to share
0: <laughs> uh you ready to get into the
1: i'm very ready to get into this gooey
0: ectoplasm of this movie
1: yeah dig in
0: Alrighty, so like we said this is directed by peter jackson who little known <laughs> indie filmmaker well he was at the time at least Um, he was, uh, Peter Jackson is of course now well known for directing the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit movies, but he's also done some movies such as King Kong and uh, his early work involved a lot of horror, um, especially like Dead Alive slash Braindead. I I actually like the Dead Alive title better myself, but meh. And Bad Taste. And then kind of segued into... Uh, drama with Heavenly Creatures, starring the queens of Melanie Linsky and Kate Winslet. In case I you always forget of... Peter
1: Jackson directed that.
0: Mm-hmm. Peter Jackson, um, little known. Uh, he directed this um, with a screenplay written by him and his writing and life partner, Fran Walsh. Um, produced by Robert Zemeckis, which you might know from a movie called Back to the Future, or any other thing he's done. Which is quite a bit, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> yeah, Robert Zemeckis has done a lot. A lot, a lot.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, I, I'm a huge fan of Mostly Romancing memorable. the Mostly memorable. <laughs> um, I'm a huge fan of Romancing the Stone, and the movie that single... Well, good God, he really has directed so many good ones. Uh, Romancing the Stone, um, who framed Roger Rabbit, and then yeah, the movie. that was that's... what I thought you
1: were going to say was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> oh, I love Who
0: Framed Roger Rabbit. Because um, it ain't going to be four as uh, But, like, the movie that single-handedly made me like Meryl Streep, Death Becomes Her.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is going to be a musical starting soon in Chicago before yes. it would move on to Broadway. Choreographed by the lovely Chris Catelli.
0: My bestie and I have already talked about getting tickets.
1: Uh, I know, I want to go see it
0: so Come stay with me, we'll go Cool um, But yes uh, So Robert Mexis produced it And then scored by Danny Elfman Who <laughs> has done some of the most Recognizable Themes of music You've ever heard
1: Yeah He's one of the big ones
0: One of the big ones uh, Some little weird Little production notes uh, Zemeckis originally viewed uh, Jackson and Walsh's treatment as a spinoff film for *Tales from the Crypt*, which the TV series. Which... I could
1: I could see that. I was thinking, obviously, I've been watching a lot of Doctor Who, as anyone who has interacted with me in the past two months would know. You um, Doctor yeah. Who? <laughs> and uh, I was thinking throughout my watches of this, at how great it would be as like a forty-five minute to an hour story. I was like, man, I would love to see what, you know, Doctor Who would have done with this concept or something because it is a little bit bloated and, yeah, a spinoff film of Tales from the Crypt sounds just about right.
0: Yeah, but we haven't watched Demon Night yet, so we are going to get to the real Tales from the Crypt ones. Um, I'm not going to make you watch Bordello of Blood, though.
1: I mean, it's a great title.
0: Yeah. Horrible movie. <laughs> Even I don't love that movie. Must and be I bad. Just, then. <laughs> like it, no, I have fun with it. I just Dennis Miller of it all. Speaking of actors, I don't love. <laughs> Let's, but I digress.
1: <laughs> you know what you did, Elliot Page.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you be you, you be nice, to Elliot Page. Why? Because they're a very talented actor. Are
2: they? I know you
0: don't. I know you don't love them. But like, come on, Juno was so much fun. Fucking hate it
1: because of Elliot Page. It was
0: so. It was so good though.
1: Elliot was amazing in Hard Candy. Yes, that is the one compliment I will ever pay.
0: I would actually say Elliot Page was good in Inception too. Was he? You you don't. It's okay. You don't have to. Like anyway,
1: it. moving on.
0: <laughs> um. Also, this is a shout out to L. Um. Fingernails, <laughs> which is our quote from that movie. Uh. <laughs> and actually, her wife too. Love you, brie <laughs> So Michael J. Fox was suggested by Zemeckis as Jackson and Walsh had envisioned the film as a low budget, uh, with unknown actors, which. I don't know. It feels like it could work, but you'd have to find someone with as much charisma as Michael J. Fox. And I feel like it's kind of hard to do. The actors were invited to add ideas and jokes, as much as the script was written with Kiwi colloquialisms. Awesome. And if anyone's listening, there is probably about 25 seconds of me trying to say colloquialisms <laughs> missing from this. <laughs> it's true. It was very funny. <laughs> my face hurts. But ki- Kiwi colloquialism. Damn it. <laughs> kiwi colloquialisms is the hardest thing I think I've ever tried to say in my life. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh Peter Jackson cameos as a punk with a grim reaper shirt.
1: Oh that was His- Peter Jackson? Yeah.
0: Um, and his son, Billy, is the baby in The Bouncer, who is the first to float.
1: I love that sequence so much.
0: I know, it's cute. <laughs> we can go into cast a little bit. Um, we have the aforementioned Michael J. Fox as Frank Bannister. Uh, Trini Alvarado, who, honestly, so good in this movie. Um, I think she's one of, like, every time I watch this, I think she's one of my, like, I think she's such a great heroine. Like, she really is kind of the glue that holds the movie together.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think she's a very underrated heroine.
1: Yeah, I really liked her. The only thing I've ever seen her in, she played Meg in the 1994 version of Little Women. And I really liked her in that and always wanted, wondered why she wasn't in more stuff. And then when I was found out she was in this, I got really excited about it. Because, uh, <laughs> as I told you before... I think Trinity Alvarado is like Andy McDowell if she were likable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, so rude! Andy McDowell's is likable. She's just like New York likable. Fair. And then <laughs> <laughs> Even if she's not from New York.
1: But it made sense, so that's all that matters.
0: And also, she made that actress you like. You know, um, she did. Margaret Qualley.
1: <laughs> yeah, Margaret Qualley. <laughs> Fucking love Margaret Qualley.
0: Yes. Her daughter is Margaret Qualley. Who is that actress you like?
1: I love that her character's name, Lucy Linsky, you put in here that she it's named after Melanie and the whole entire movie, I like because I didn't look at your notes because I didn't want to be influenced by anything. And I was like, that's such a weird coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Good old She's... Melanie making an impact.
0: Well, of course she did. Melanie Linsky is like so good. Honestly one of the best actresses.
1: Fucking love and her. And I'm glad she's Ugh. finally gets Yellowjackets, really. release that bonus a Yeah,
0: bit that happening? Because that of I little bit
1: Well, I mean, the next a little bit of a little a million years away because of the strike. So I feel like they're holding on to that so they can have something to release. So people won't forget about it. But I just want it now.
0: I know. Uh, we've got Peter Dobson as her ill-fated husband, Ray Linsky. Not <laughs> fucking tragedy. Not Mel- <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking tragedy. Um, not Melody Linsky, of course, but Lucy Linsky, the character. John Aston as the judge. shy McBride as Cyrus. Jim Fife as Stewart, and the three are the main ghosts that you come across. Uh, Jeffrey Combs as FBI agent Milton Dammers. <laughs> and also What a character.
1: Performance for the ages.
0: It is so good. And then we have the terminally delightful D. Wallace Stone as Patricia Bradley.
1: In a different movie than everyone else.
0: (laughs) She really is, isn't she? Uh, And then we have uh, Jake Busey as Johnny Bartlett.
1: Oh, I thought he was just playing Jake Busey.
0: (laughs) You know, I don't know him well enough to be able to tell... (laughs) um elizabeth hawthorne as Magda reese jones uh juliana mccarthy as old lady bradley who also scene stealer
1: (laughs) oh yeah the hair alone oh
0: oh my god arlie ermy as hiles
1: doing his thing
0: yeah the normal arlie ermy kind of performance uh you ready to go into the movie
1: i just have to comment what is your favorite arlie ermy performance is it the same as mine
0: What's your favorite early army performance?
1: Texas Chantel Massacre 2003.
0: Oh, that is a good one. This is a real hard decision. Yeah, I would have to say it's probably the same.
1: <laughs> I feel like everybody else would say like full metal jacket, but yes.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. I was gonna say I like full metal jacket, he's great in it, but like I I it's either that or it's <laughs> gonna sound so stupid. But there's a movie called The Rift that I actually brought up I think a week or so ago. When we were talking about um, how Dino De Laurentiis would make his own,
1: oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: like make his rip off his own movies.
1: Yeah, we talked about that in our Shocker episode last week.
0: Yes, and he, Arlie Ermy is in that movie, The Rift, and he is definitely not in the same movie as everyone else. But that's okay. He's 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 just for some reason he's playing it completely serious, and everyone else is just like not great. Well, for the most part and like so it's just funny to watch him because he's he's definitely like the best actor out of all of them and i don't think anyone in the world has ever said that about arlie Irby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think he's really great at what he does
0: right same with that one dude who always plays a, like an fbi agent or 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 like a, a like in the army or whatever glenn glenn morshower i think that's his name he's that one tall dude he's like got like orange hair but it's always like super super like buzz cut
1: i don't know who you're talking about but when you said he's always playing a cop or something the person i thought of was the brother-in-law from breaking bad that i can't think of his name because i just can't think of things apparently anymore
0: oh my god uh dean norris
1: yes dean norris doctor who has like taken over every single available brain cell and just like all that extraneous stuff that i don't need to focus on is just gone
0: jesus next thing you know he's going to be all like we have a podcast i don't remember what it's called
1: <laughs> Oi! Uh, what's our podcast about
0: <laughs> <laughs> wibbly wobbly timey wimey movies right
1: <laughs> do you fancy billy piper um yeah anyway
0: you know you know me i'm always been a donna um the same donna's my favorite
1: but yes the frighteners, 1996 <laughs>
0: yeah frighteners <laughs> um I'll let you kind of start off with your first note, because you have a nice little way to start it off.
1: Yeah, the first thing I noticed about this movie when it started was Danny Elfman's score. I love it so much, and I was just instantly like, "Ah, oh, I love this Elfman score. We are in good hand. This is going to be fun. I love it already.
0: Yep, and then we're introduced to D. Wallace Stone, who... I love D. Wallace Stone. I think she's so great. Is it D. Wallace now? I think it's just D. Wallace again.
1: Yeah, I think but it's just.
0: she's She was D. Wallace Stone at the time, but she's just always. She always elevates no matter what she's in. Like, she could be in the biggest B movie, and she just always makes it better. The movie could still be awful, but at least she's going to get something good. <laughs> you know, a
1: Halloween season is not truly over until you've watched a movie with D. Wallace in it, or seven. Yeah, I, I watch her Underrated. every Halloween because Lords of Salem is one of the movies I watch every Halloween on Halloween. So she's
0: there. Yes, she really is. And she is being chased down by CGI graphics yes. from the 90s. <laughs> Do we think,
1: okay, so obviously, like, we both grew up in the early, and like, we were both children when this came out. So I yes, don't know if we're hurt. the best to. Necessarily know this answer, but would have this been considered cutting edge at the time?
0: Yeah, pretty close. Keep in mind, this came out before Independence Day, and like, well, lot- as you'll tricks. know from
1: our episode of Independence Day, I was not extremely impressed with <laughs> some of. Well,
0: that. you're wrong, <laughs> but I didn't say it. This reminded um, me of like
1: the effects on like Casper and stuff.
0: Yeah, which at the time was cutting edge people remember like t2 is brilliantly done but if you look at the scene where like the t1000 walks out of the like out of the flames it looks a lot like this (laughs) the fair it's just james cameron is a you know like technical effects wizard and fantastic director and he makes it look slightly prettier this one, I think that I think Peter Jackson does a fantastic job, but it is very, very 1995 graphics. But I do think they're cutting edge for what they were at the time.
1: Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I'm like, man, I was trying to think of stuff that came out around the same time period. Because like, there's a lot of things I have a lot of affection for from the 90s, but I'm like, I don't know how regarded they were at time of release where special effects are concerned.
0: Yeah, this movie was, just for a little spoiler, but um, I mean, this movie wasn't a big hit um but one of the things people talked about was its technical like a lot of its technical aspects
1: i really do like some of the effect i mean i think it's all very charming but some of them i did think were really good and some of them not so much but yeah yeah.
0: keep in mind we're also watching it in a you know avatar 2 has been released (laughs) yeah i was like avatar 2 has been released like movies can regularly have cgi like it's much easier now yeah i we are introduced to d wallace stone um who is currently being chased around her house by a demonic um entity yeah
1: it's all very fun
0: yes well, I mean it looks terrifying, but like we'll learn later it was fun. Yeah. Um but yes, so she's being chased Spotify. around her house, so yes. <laughs> until and she's being choked by a rug that it has the shape of a person, until her mother comes out with a shotgun and blows the rug's head off. Mm-hmm. As be, <laughs> you know.
1: Just typical Tuesday.
0: Yes. Um, and then we're introduced into the story, into the the story.
1: Yeah, I love this opening. It's a perfect mood setter for the movie, and it's just really fun. And then <laughs> we finally see Trini Alvarado's character coming to the house on a what do they even well, call them? Little
0: technically we see a lot more characters before we ever see trini so yes so we are kind of introduced to different members of the town like a reporter who isn't named um and magda the reese jones the fucking bitch edit, the snooty british editor of a of their of the little town in maine slash new zealand um got a little peter
1: jackson doing that new zealand rap,
0: right and talking about how many people have been dying of a mysterious cardiac arrest kind of thing Um, and we're also introduced to frank banister when he heads to a recent victim's funeral to give out cards and then drives like a fucking maniac all the time
1: (laughs) you know i have watched this twice now and I know he was drunk and stuff happened before his wife's demise, but I fully believe she just died because he just drives like a maniac. Just because this man should have never gotten his driver's license. Shame on you, New Zealand.
0: Shame. <laughs> Technically, this is Maine, but probably just as bad. Um, I, I didn't think he was drunk. They said he only had a couple beers, which I, I yes, that can be make people drunk. I'm not. Michael
1: saying J. That. Fox is tiny. A couple beers would be. Like... <laughs>
0: yeah that is true he's like four foot four um (laughs) not for real but uh he yes so i mean i learning later i really do like i you know the driving is just him like basically he does not give a shit about his life he does not give a fuck um and he crashes into ray linsky's uh fence which i think is always oh, funny <laughs>
1: it is funny i love the bit when he crushes the garden gnomes on the way out and he's yeah. so mad about it <laughs>
0: um and then we're introduced to lucy who is making a house call for patricia because she cut her hand on some glass during her chase the night before kinky uh-huh and we get had- I just want to talk about her mother, the Julianna McCartney. Let's uh, please talk about her mother. (laughs) Because I love her delivery of everything she's doing in this movie. Uh, It was cold-blooded murder. Like, (laughs) my God. (laughs) Like, thank you for giving us that. Yes. She's just, she's so good at this.
1: (laughs) She made me, in this moment, Kind of like have a little soul searching thing of like, man, when I'm just talking in everyday life, I should work on my line delivery. You know, make it count. Say the crazy shit you wish was yes. out in the world. <laughs> uh,
0: Patricia dramatic, does not leave the it. house. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus. <laughs>
1: it's wonderful. I just love her. I love her hair. I love everything about her.
0: Yes. And for anyone who hasn't seen this movie, which is probably a lot of you, um, she I don't know. Very... On
1: Twitter, a lot of people were expressing fondness for the Frighteners, so...
0: Oh, good. I'm glad there's... A... I think there's a following. I feel like this movie... Yeah, I think there's a nice following for this. But um, she... The character is, like, very severe. Like, she has, like, the most severe, like, updo you've ever seen, like says all of her lines basically through gritted teeth. Like, just a fantastic performance. Everyone in this is really good, actually. Mm. Um, Oh, who's not?
1: <laughs> I mean, everyone's very committed. I'll give them that, but I don't know. It's just...
0: <laughs> Ooh, name names. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't love Michael J Fox's performance.
0: Ooh, brave. I think I- he
1: is absolutely precious. I think he is very likable, but the performance itself, I'm just like he needed to go bigger because just everything in this movie is so so over the top and it feels like everyone else. I mean, look at the mother's performance. Look at Jeffrey Combs performance. Look at what ever <laughs> fucking D. Wallace is doing in that last, in that final act. I mean, you just need that level of just ridiculousness and it's he does have some, you know, protagonist syndrome, I suppose, but I feel like he could have gone a lot bigger with stuff. Like there were moments like him walking with the ghost in the graveyard. Where it really kind of played up the physical comedy and stuff, and I just wish he would have kept it dialed up the whole entire film.
0: I'm gonna push back a little bit though, because i I do think, I think you're kind of on the point where him being the protagonist, I think he does. Uh, it's not a very loud performance. Like, I mean, it is kind of loud. He's he does shout sometimes, but um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> like it, it's one of those. I do feel he is very much playing something like if he would have gone as big as everyone else d- did in this movie this movie would be like completely incoherent
1: i would argue like... that the film is also incoherent without him doing that. <laughs> i just think it would have been even more fun if he had gone big
0: <laughs> see i i i don't know i i can kind of see where you're coming from but i think he plays it big enough that it's not over the top because everyone else is so, like, over the top or close to it, that it's very hard, like, having more than just, like, Lucy is the straight man in the movie. But, like, yeah, even... Yeah, but she's
1: so sincere, it almost comes off really funny because of how everything is ridiculous. And, like, with his life, it's like, it should be ridiculous. He's got these three ridiculous ghosts doing fake hauntings. I mean, I guess it's real because they are ghosts doing stuff. But, you know, for his little business... And it's like, he should be on the ridiculous level that everyone else is doing. I.D. Mean, Wallace isn't a thing all of her own, but <laughs> Trini's just like, he either needs to be on Trini's level of just playing it 100% straight or go to the other level. And he's like in this weird space in between where it just doesn't feel like it gels with everything else.
0: Okay, I can see where you're coming from there. Um, I don't know. Just for me, I think he, if he would have played it, Louder than like (sighs) One of the things I love about this movie Is yes he's kind of crazy But like it allows the loudness Of the other characters to stand out More so it just makes like Dammers and like The mom and like D. Wallace Stone's later performance Just like that much more Dialed up because you're like you're watching This crazy dude but now let's Out crazy the crazy dude
1: (laughs) I suppose I'm glad That it worked for you (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> thank you <laughs> but yes so after patching up Patricia and noticing she has bruises uh the old lady basically kicks her out of the house kicks Lucy out of the house and Lucy goes home and I'm gonna look this bitch up <laughs> <a> bu- <laughs> yeah and realizes that Patricia was dating a man who murdered Jake 12- <laughs> yeah She's, she was dating jake busey when she was younger who murdered 12 people was it 12 or 13 i can't remember 12 no, it was 12 he was dating 12 pe- dating he <laughs> <laughs> he murdered 12 people in a hospital shooting spree that her father owned the hospital um and, and she, she was, was 15 <laughs> she was implicated but never never charged um but was put in a mental asylum
1: <laughs> Her mom knows the truth.
0: <laughs> it was cold-blooded murder. <laughs> um, but Lucy has figured out who she is, and Ray is still working out because apparently that's all he does. That is his character trait. <laughs> yeah. Other than being kind of a dick, and then uh, some poltergeisty shit starts to happen. It does. Also... <laughs> Um, and one of Frank's cards is left there, and they call Frank to end up doing an exorcism. He does the exorcism.
1: I just love that while her boyfriend's working out and she's watching it's our about husband. the local, <laughs> whatever. They're Which all
0: boyfriends. also, this is so fucking weird, <laughs> like, um, just to describe later, like, he she was married to this guy. Clearly not in love with him um and but like literally the day of his funeral she's going on a date with michael fox <laughs> yeah. and then by the end of that date she's like hell she's like basically helping him like run away from the police yeah and i'm just like they have a very deep connection i don't I remember if i put this note in
1: but it was just kind of like and i guess they're in love
0: now <laughs> yeah I, you did write that down <laughs> Um, I just love
1: yeah. that her husband, her husband, not, boy, not boyfriend, even though they're all boyfriends, was like, we've been in town three months and you're making friends with the Manson family. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> oh, so dramatic. Leave her alone. Yes.
0: And when he gets down for some hanky panky, they see some poltergeisty shit starts to happen. And they find <laughs> a <another>. floating Elvis. <laughs> yes. Um, And the bed th- levitates with her on it. And then they find one of Frank's cards. And so they call him for the exorcism. Convenient. (laughs) Convenient. And he sees, he comes in and does the exorcism and he sees a number on Ray's forehead of 37.
1: Yeah. And he's just been having his little ghost friends do little hauntings for him. So he can charge people several hundred dollars to give them an exorcism with his toaster. Yes. And it's wonderful, absolutely wonderful.
0: Which also, one thing I want to talk about is later on when he goes to that rich family, and like she's like he goes the they haunt the they like lift these kids up and like throw them and like basically kind of like push them at the mom, blah 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 blah. Well, when she comes back, she sees him in the paper and sees that he's a charlatan, and like. No offense, though. Like, your children did just float at you.
1: Yeah, I kind of wondered about that, because I'm like, they say he's a con man, and obviously it does seem a little contrived having, you know, the ghost bring you the number to get rid of them. (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, like, yeah, your kids were flying through the air without anything. Like, how do you think he set that up? Like, (laughs) you should maybe be a little concerned. Yeah, I did love the scene with the babies, though. You know how much I famously hate children, but... Some of my favorite Doctor Who things have involved Matt Smith and a baby. He's so great with babies. There's an episode that's basically him opposite a baby the whole time, and it's so much fun and watching the ghost like be like, "We're gonna scare your parents." <laughs> 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 Wonderful stuff.
0: yes, and we're 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 skipping ahead a little. I just needed to talk yeah. about that. but um yeah, so after the exorcism, Michael Jake Fox goes home. And it reveals that, of course, he is in league with the ghosts, and they haunt places so that way he can charge them for money, for the exorcism. And we establish
1: that ghosts can die.
0: Yes. And we meet Shy McBride as the... Is it Shy or Chi? It's Shy. I I watched the uh, documentary.
1: (laughs) The whole thing. (laughs) no <laughs> i was like that i think three hours i stopped so an hour and 40 really minutes
0: <laughs> i stopped an hour and 40 minutes and i'm sorry i was bored um <laughs> it, it was like 10 o'clock in the morning on a saturday and i was like i just want to watch something fun and i basically turned into emma Robertson's scream queens when she's just like <laughs> 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 like i was just like i just want to watch something else and so i did And I never got back to it. It's fair. I would
1: not expect you to watch a three-hour documentary on (laughs) The Frighteners.
0: I've done it before for the podcast. I've watched long documentaries.
1: Yeah, but this one's on The Frighteners.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it's also, it was one of the, like, first ever, like, making of documentaries, apparently. um, Because this was, like, Peter Jackson was making it before, like, behind-the-scenes commentaries, and, like, documentaries weren't, like, really well-known. And so it, a lot of it is just like watching them do stuff, and it's like, okay guys, I went to I, I went to film school by watching about five thousand of these things. please please just let's talk about something else.. Yeah, But yeah, so in the yeah, in the documentary, they said, "Shy.
1: Oh, good to know.
0: But yeah, we've got Shy McBride as our seventies uh, shaft um, ghost. And then we've got Jim Fife as our '50s, uh, uh I guess nerd, <laughs> yeah. '50s nerd ghost. And then we have John Aston as the judge.
1: The judge Ooh. is my favorite.
0: <laughs> I love the judge. He's so sweet, and it's like the dog, the ghost dog, is just chewing on his jawbone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Little zombie dog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fuck you, Laura. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I love the scene with him. He's like, my joints are getting powdery. Dogs running away with my face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, when he's shooting the gun, I love the fact that Michael J. Fox is eating, like, cereal out of that bowl and then just throws the bowl out the window. Straight just out the window. Straight up just, he's like, everybody get down, and just tosses his bowl out the window. And I'm like, "How many, how many bowls do you think he goes through a year? I feel like it's more than two, but less than seven
1: yeah it's weird it happened twice yeah so <laughs> how much do you think peter and fran patting themselves on the back after whoever wrote the line death ain't no way to make a living
0: oh, i feel like they both uh, yeah. i feel like they made billy um their son who was in this movie <laughs>
1: <laughs> come give us a pat on the back <laughs>
0: uh yeah no it is a good and it is very much what this movie is about because it is a movie about like not dwelling on your past or stay away from jake busey and d wallace stone i can't decide which one is more important staying
1: away from jake busey is probably a a solid life
0: i feel like jake busey is going to be like the nicest person in the world
1: i don't know i just don't want to get trapped in a conversation with him and find out
0: Man, so mean. The next time we see Ray, Ray is now dead, and a ghost. And dead, Frank, dead,
1: dead, dead. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> to, to your break. fault. I, you started singing. I earlier. did start Chicago on you again.
1: Yep. But You're yes, you we... doing that for the next two weeks?
0: <laughs> yeah. Thanks. So we do see um, Ray ask for.
1: A ride to his funeral.
0: <laughs> a ride to his funeral. <laughs> also, if anybody's listening to this and you're just like, "This is the most crazy shit," I am exhausted and I'm uh, trying to keep my eyes open. If this doesn't make it into this, that's fine. But, but
1: also, the movie doesn't always make sense. So
0: yeah, so like, there's it's a there's a us. lot going on in this movie. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of it's very vibey. It
1: but is yes, very vibey.
0: And so he gets a ride to his fu- ride to his funeral, um, and we see this is when we meet Arlie Ermys Hiles, who will be in like literally one more scene. Yeah. And he's the one thing. who
1: there's ghosts everywhere. Some wonderful yep. stuff.
0: Keep it. He's the one who keeps track of the dra- the graveyard ghosts. Um, and <laughs> Clayton's aforementioned line of "It's a goddamn tragedy" is said by <laughs> Ray. <laughs> When he is the only one really crying about his funeral. Yeah. Which I I, I think is so funny. <laughs> like him just being like... <laughs> and everyone's like... <sighs> and they're like, Ray was a guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he Deep down, he might have had a good heart. He did. He really did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I will say, I feel bad for him slightly... Because seeing yourself in your own grave would be kind of horrifying.
0: Right. What if it wasn't the suit you wanted? <sighs> Tisk.
1: Yeah, but... that would also be
0: <laughs>
1: that would be the upsetting part not seeing your corpse like face to face. The outfit. I just wanted to you be. You need known to get I away want... from Men's Warehouse, Sean. I'm glad you put in that two weeks
0: notice. <laughs> I just you. want it to be known. I when I die, either bury me in the purple or the green suit. I'm thinking the purple. Purple is my favorite.
1: <laughs> Hopefully, you die in the fall. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no matter what time of year that's called a callback folks <laughs> <laughs> that was beautifully done that was beautifully Thanks. done um but yes so uh ray and frank end up running into lucy who she thinks has a message from her from ray who he really actually does because he's yep. talking to him and they go to dinner later that night. And, and the cops are
1: on to him because they are like, mm, you had an altercation with him and then he died. Yeah, it just looks like heart attacks. But all these people have been dying and you're weird. So therefore, you are suspicious.
0: Right. Sorry, I thought I heard something outside. Um... <laughs> it's
1: a ghost.
0: <laughs> if it is, I need a ghost like the one in Scary Movie 2.
1: That'll fuck your face.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, sure. <laughs> it's Friday. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh like.
0: Oh my god. So they go to dinner. Um, and it, <laughs> one of my favorite lines yeah, is in this when on she's on the day
1: of your husband's funeral,
0: on the day of your husband's funeral, and <laughs> this on the day she, of your
1: daughter's funeral, you
0: <laughs> <laughs> and lucy is revealing that she was not happy in her marriage to ray and he goes it wasn't what you would call a good marriage and Ray's, you bitch (laughs) it's one of the funniest lines in this movie for me he's just like you bitch
1: yeah i think that is my favorite moment of the entire movie honestly
0: yeah it's so good it's so funny um i also love the part we'll get to it hang on i'll talk about it later uh but yes so they are at dinner and they're very much flirting with each other which i think is a little right fast, in, front but... <laughs> in front of her dead husband yeah and michael j., he the ghost ends up knocking a, bo- a glass of wine onto michael j fox who goes into the bathroom <laughs>
1: after sees... he elbows a non-existent ghost to everyone else in the face with his elbow it's great,
0: right which i love the fact that if he could see them they make him corporeal kind of to him Yes, I don't know. That makes sense, but he can't like grab him later. Yeah, I you know you, whatever. You know
1: another Doctor Who reference. The sonic screwdriver works until the plot needs it not to.
0: <laughs> right. Um. Oh my God! For the next four months, we're gonna be nothing but Doctor Who references, no nope, I'm
1: gonna be done in a week.
0: I just mean you're gonna be have it in your brain for the next one. Nope, months. I
1: gotta move on to other things. <laughs> it's best not to dwell. Like a ru- like a rustler. <laughs> uh
0: but yeah, so he goes to the restroom to clinging himself up and sees another gentleman there with a thirty nine on his forehead. Thirty eight. Thirty eight. That one. Thirty eight. <laughs> uh, the number. Thirty eight. <laughs> And then the Grim Reaper
1: himself pop out and kill him.
0: Wrecked him. Damn near killed him. Um...
1: (laughs) No, he was not already. He set his genitals on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the man dies.
0: The man dies. He goes into the light, which is...
1: And then we get a Melanie Litsky
0: cameo. Ah! Yes, and Frank (laughs) runs away because he's chasing after the Grim Reaper and he ends up getting arrested.
1: (laughs) My exact note, dear listeners, was it's just a Dementor.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so the Grim Reaper really does look like a Dementor, but like with... And we find out it's
1: not actually the Grim Reaper, but...
0: (laughs) Yeah, but he he looks like it.
1: The design of the spectral antagonist looks quite like a Grim Reaper Dementor.
0: (laughs) Okay, and one of my other favorite lines of the movie is is here when Lucy's being, like, questioned by the police, and the sheriff is like, so your dead husband was having dinner with you at the restaurant. What did he order? (laughs) Like, yeah, that's such a good line. (laughs) I know I said the you
1: bitch was my favorite part, but it's very, very, very close with something jeffrey combs says
0: <laughs> oh is it the sheriff barry you are violating my territorial bubble yes <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah now we're being introduced to jeffrey combs who is a fbi agent who is investigating the murders and this man has clearly been road hard put away wet
1: Oh my god, can we talk about this performance?
0: Yes, it's so... It is I so funny. I adore Jeffrey Combs, and this this movie, I think it's the first thing I saw him in.
1: I would hope and... so, if you saw this when you were 11. Because <laughs> you no. should not have been seeing some of his other
0: stuff. Well, From Beyond was on Svengoolie, so I don't remember when I saw that, but I, I'd had, I did see From Beyond when I was younger, so it would have been either Frighteners or From Beyond was my first... Foray into Jeffrey
1: Combs. This performance is unhinged. It's like giving Jeff. It's Jeff. Oh my god. It's giving Jim Carrey at like his most manic and wild, and I love it. I'm obsessed with it. It's so funny. I don't understand why it needed to be in the movie. I think they could have cut that out and really tightened up the script. And I'm still not entirely sure what his game plan was after watching this twice, but <laughs> his well, performance. Just, I love everything he's doing.
0: <laughs> he's so focused on like Frank Bannister or Michael J. Cat Fox's character being the killer that he does not take into account it could be anything else. Like he's it's so not fixated. That, but
1: the way it plays out at the end, I'm like, where did this come from? Why is he doing this? I just I don't
0: It's know. cause he thinks that like all the bad juju is coming from uh Michael J. Fox and he doesn't believe him and it it ends up um well, I mean, he gets his head blown off, so I mean he does. spoilers. It's quite fun. <laughs> yeah. Um but yes. Like he I love is- his
1: performance. It's just like, eh, yeah, this character could have been cut and we could trim this down from an hour fifty a little bit. But, I
0: just think he adds he adds more comedy to it. I think he's oh, one of so the... He's so
1: funny and his whole thing so of him being funny. terrified and running out of the room because he can't stand when women yell. Just, it's wonderful.
0: Yes. And it is, it, it really is. It's so funny. Um, And just to bring it up now, but my other, one of my other favorite moments is when he's got... Lucy locked up in the back of his car, and he starts like rummaging through his coat, and she thinks she's gonna like shoot her or something. And he pulls out a donut to sit on, <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> "It's so like, weird, it's so it. weird, but it's like so perfect <laughs> because it it literally it describes everything I love about this movie is him just like, ooh." <laughs> And I just that that's a, a brilliant. It's movie great for me. stuff. Like if we didn't have that, I wouldn't love this movie nearly as much. As oh, me.
1: absolutely. <laughs> then the cute journalist boy who's working for that witch, Magda, gets killed. He's num- and he was thirty nine, and then Magda gets the forty on it, and some reason for some reason michael j fox was like this is bad even though she's a bitch and has been ruining his livelihood
0: well he's supposed to be the good guy so i mean he doesn't want her to die like, mm, he doesn't,
1: she's, she's marked not... also
0: <laughs> like this is just weird like there's are like oh. if
1: she dies she won't be able to print a retraction
0: <laughs> <laughs> she won't be able to print any further ones either <laughs>
1: This was my favorite gag in the movie, though, when the cops are shooting up everything, just destroying all this priceless shit, because America... Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, just to give you the...
0: (laughs) Wait, um, so, let's set the scene a little bit before we go any farther. So, uh, Frank follows them, or Michael J. Fox's character follows them into a, uh, museum Egyptian show like a museum like an egyptian showing at a museum um where the journalist boy from the beginning is dead he was number 39 and he sees that magda is now number 40 and this is when the grim reaper comes back to try and get her and hijinks ensue when the cops come and the judge comes and is shooting the grim reaper until he sees a picture of whoever that is in that sarcophagus, <laughs> and like that is the one scene that I'm like, oh my god, I don't know if this holds up. <laughs> uh,
1: I loved it. I don't know if it holds <laughs> up or not, but I thought it was extremely funny. He sees the skull. It's like mighty fine, mighty fine woman, wh-
0: good, good teeth. <laughs> teeth. <laughs> they don't call me the hanging judge for nothing
1: (laughs) when he gets in there and you see him like (laughs) moving up and down out of the sarcophagus his ghost i was just like oh my god
0: (laughs) (laughs) it literally says in her notes people it says oh my god
1: and capitalized uh yeah and yes. when he's done like i like it when they like still like that oh my god that's like oh my god, like, oh my god. <laughs> i couldn't um, believe it was there i was so shocked and what
0: <laughs> i really love uh, so also there's this part where um the other two cyrus and stewart are like moving a mummy towards the cops and they're just like shooting this mummy like this is this mummy is just dying <laughs> and it ends up falling over and cyrus going but she was so young and beautiful <laughs> yeah it was bad that,
1: amazing comedy gold the whole way yeah. the sequence is wonderful yeah this is and fantastic. really sums up this movie in a nutshell <laughs>
0: <laughs> and franks ends up getting away with the help of the ghosts uh, his friend punches magda in ghost. the
1: face and dips with her
0: yeah which i would have left her there bye yeah um And Magda, they end up getting into an accident, which is reminiscent of his accident with his wife that we've been kind of seeing through the movie, where his wife was in a car accident with him and ended up dying with the number 13 carved into her forehead. Yeah. And they could never find his knife. No. But she ends up dying from the Grim Reaper and still berates him, which I think was quite nice of her um <laughs> it was super
1: violent like when the ghost just like slams into her and knocks her like 30 feet i was just like damn yeah
0: i was gonna say she gets she gets probably the best death of the movie well yeah yeah i'd yeah. say so it's probably like the one i'm like damn
1: yeah well jeffrey combs his is like very startling but, but like, yeah, i would say she has the but best. like
0: fun yeah. she gets the best the like most hardcore death um so bye bye magnum and thankfully, she does not stay as a bo- as a ghost because that yeah. character was annoying. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um. And Lucy is. So Frank ends up turning himself in and has a little confrontation with Dammers, who also I do love the part when he goes. He's like, we're never going to see him again. He's He's gone into hiding. It'll be a long time before he's we see Frank Banser. <laughs> and he's just like walking into the <laughs> police station behind him. Yeah. And they're like, hi. <laughs> but they he is obsessed with the idea that Frank is making the murders happen with his mind.
1: You know, and natural conclusion.
0: He will be saved because he's wearing a lead breast paint.
1: Yeah. It's, it's wonderful, absolutely wonderful.
0: And if anybody's been paying attention to our numbers um, we did we were at 40 with Magna and but the cops actually are saying
1: something. there's 28 people that have died and yes. those numbers don't add up but it will be explained.
0: Yep and Lucy is trying to figure out what the hell is going on. So she goes in to. Lucy ends up going back to the Bradley house to talk to Patricia. And she's told that she keeps her father's ashes in her room to try and shame her for everything she did with Johnny Bartlett.
1: Yeah, getting her dad killed. And being a cold blooded murder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ends up finding the uh safety knife that was used to carve into Michael J. Fox's wife's forehead in Mrs. Bradley's closet.
1: Yeah. And that is why the numbers are different.
2: <laughs>
1: Busey's is- storyline that feels a million miles away from anything happening now in this ridiculous adventure they killed 12 people
0: 12 yeah 12
1: people hey it's it's more than (laughs) i don't remember who he said
0: more than stark weather
1: (laughs) we're almost up to Dahmer.
0: yes um but yes so now lucy is more involved she ends up going back to talk to michael j fox and before
1: it does that her dead boyfriend gets killed.
0: Oh yes, her poor husband does die.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess ex-husband, though. Yeah, um, the specter does like him axed, in. More like axed husband
1: Ha. Sight? Ha. Ha ha
0: ha. I was psyched to talk about that. Um. <laughs> if we're done with the puns. Uh. Never. <laughs> never. And so she ends up going to the jail to talk to Michael J. Fox and he sees that 41 is now on her forehead. So, so now she must be the protected. They got she must be protected out. They got to get the fuck out of there. And Combs, Jeffrey Combs's character is very crazy.
1: <laughs> you don't find a widow that's into you every day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a recent widow. Like, my <laughs> God, <recent> it's been... <laughs> she picked her up at that funeral. <laughs> like, I know she was unhappy, but girl, the town will talk. You're living in a tiny little town. Like, they're going to be all like, when did she get with him? You let her like... get
1: white wine. it? What is... What's... What's a girl to do? <laughs>
0: That's love. That's love. I don't even like red wine. Well, you never have to drink it. Marry me. Um... <laughs> But yes, so Combs, is tr- Combs tries to stop him. Hi, Jinx and Sue, um, and we get a pretty good chase sequence. I think, which is yeah, I like. I always like a, a good follow through chase sequence. And we learn that in order to save Lucy, uh, Michael J. Fox's character decides that he's going to kill himself so he can become a ghost. Briefly, yes, <laughs> he, wa- he he will try and come back. Um, and he wants to try and kill himself you know,
1: she's a doctor
0: uh, he's a man he's a god <laughs> he's, he's a, a doctor, doctor.
1: <laughs> uh, first wife bob we should do that sometime
0: no we should we should have that through our list but yes yeah, so she he she helps him uh by locking him in a very cold freezer as opposed to a very warm freezer sean um <laughs> <laughs> Uh and by locking him in a freezer and um she will revive him after 20 minutes before any major tissue damage.
1: Sadly, I feel like the movie still has more than 20 minutes to go. <laughs> you know, I like when they put a runtime on the clock that's short enough to do in real time. I wish they'd just do that and that's when the movie ends.
0: Well, but I mean, this movie still has story after that 20 minutes. Like, the 20 minutes mm. is supposed to be... <laughs> it does. Like, if he would have just defeated him right then and there, you wouldn't get the rest of the movie, and we wouldn't get you know, D. Wallace Stone's fantastic in performance. Um, but yes, yeah, so she... Uh, Michael J. Fox ends up becoming a ghost. He fights the Grim Reaper. Um, Lucy is... Captured by Dammers or Jeffrey Combs' character, yeah, and he's like
1: crazy, crazy,
0: yeah. And he, this is the scene where he pulls out the donut after he like locks her yes. in the car, and it is legitimately comedy gold.
1: <laughs> also, comedy so, gold is '90s Michael J. Fox flying around as a ghost. The effect is something. Oh, it's like woo. <laughs>
0: Yes. Woo. Woo. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the sound i would imagine him saying in this head. Woo. but yes yeah, so they fight and uh michael j fox's frank ends up finding out that the grim reaper is not the grim reaper it is the ghost of johnny bartlett the jake busey character who murdered 12 people at a, the asylum patricia bradley's lover and well, executed murderer.
1: <laughs> yeah. And if this is confusing, this was the point in my notes where I said, this has a lot of disparate plot threads.
0: <laughs> yes. Which I actually kind of like about it. I love a movie that, like...
1: It's so all over the place, but you kind of yeah. gotta love it for it.
0: Yeah. Like, it, it, it's 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 going a little crazy, but that's okay. we got Jeffrey Combs saying annoying.
1: things like, my body is a roadmap of pain. we got Arlie Ermey saying, wonderful Arlie Ermey, Lines such as, get back in the goddamn ground, you unorganized grabastic daub of teleplasmic shit.
0: I, absolutely
1: <laughs> iconic. So, <laughs>
0: yes, um, and Frank ends up fighting the, the, the Grim Reaper, Johnny, until he's almost dead. The Grim Reaper comes back and luckily Lucy had escaped by this point and is able to bring Frank back from the dead.
1: Yeah, right when he... Almost had him. He almost had him. Also, shout out to when the teleplasm turns into a little, like, evil dead book face that's roaring, and it's just wonderful. That's my favorite effect in the whole entire movie, by the way. Oh, him, like, beating this face. Yes.
0: (laughs) Until it becomes Jake Busey. Yes. (laughs) so lucy ends up going to try and save patricia because patricia is was of course thought to be johnny's accomplice um and it turns out she very much was yeah she's evil and like fucking this performance is fantastic i know we've said that about a lot of them but like d wallace stone gives unhinged so well
1: it's wonderful. I was trying to think of like what it reminded me of, and the only comparison I really had was for something that nobody will get. But there is a small performance in the Goldie Hawn Chevy Chase film from the seventies, uh, "A Foul Play," where there is a small character who is an assassin that's pretending to be a like secretary person at a catholic institution and then like her hair gets knocked out and she's really like an assassin and she's like bashing people's heads and pianos and uh it's just a lot of the same energy that d wallace gives off in this sequence and it's just so entertaining so entertaining she's interacting with you know just the air because you know at some points we'll see that it's jake busey's ghost that she can also see and she's like fondling his face but to anybody on looking she's just like sensually rubbing the air next to her it's just great stuff great
0: stuff (laughs) i also love trini alvarado at this point because she's just like kind of she's just watching it so all you're seeing is Debra wallace stone just like stroking the air and she's like you could come home with me if you want (laughs) and like you can tell she's kind of like what the fuck (laughs) um and old lady bradley comes down to stop patricia from leaving um and ends up learning that patricia is in league with mrs with johnny and discovers the body of mrs bradley in her bed and then we get a nice little chase sequence where patricia goes full full crazy and tries to first kill lucy with a butcher knife and they have a nice little fight, and then Frank comes in, and there is a shotgun, which is being shot at them, including...
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, Jeffrey Combs is still chasing them. It's a whole thing. They're in the hospital. Yes. That the massacre happened.
0: And end up, they're trying to get to Consecrated Ground, which is a chapel inside the old hospital uh, where the massacre <laughs> happened.
1: Inexplicably, Frank is now able to see the past, and...
0: <laughs> yes, it's it's very much like a like he's able to see that Patricia was a part of the murders she was helping she's the one that carved the numbers in the people's foreheads which also I feel like people should have said that when mm-hmm. got her, locked, her ass locked up but I digress um, but she ends up she's chasing them around in her fantastically unhinged performance and Milton Dammer shows up and we had also we kind of neglected to mention but okay um and originally we had been told earlier that the ashes that patricia keeps in her bedroom are of her father but it turns out they are johnny's ashes and she's the one that brought him back with a slew of ouija boards apparently yeah she just lets him out (laughs) she just
1: lets him out of the thing and he goes to town and kills somebody
0: yes and he tries to kill both lucy and frank and his spirit gets trapped back into his ashes in the urn. And so they decide to take the urn to consecrated ground to exercise his spirit. And Patricia with just lets him out. Yep, because he's a dick. Because yeah. he thinks hey, that he's it's an, all in he's Frank's head. He's an sense. asshole with an Uzi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he really does have an Uzi. Um, yeah. And Frank is <laughs> we experiencing... Can't make this shit up. Yeah, that's going to say. This sounds like we're just making a movie up, but it's, it's really what's happening in this. Lucy is stuck in an elevator, so she's kind of out of a lot of the end of this. Patricia is chasing Frank around, who is currently also concurrently having flashbacks of what happened during the murder spree at the hospital. And we learned that Patricia was very much involved. She's the one that was carving people's foreheads. Yeah, with their she was
1: super involved. And she liked yeah. it.
0: Yeah, she did. And once Milton lets out Johnny's ghost, he is promptly taken down by Patricia, who shoots she him in the forehead. shoots right She blows his head off with a shotgun. Um, and Michael J. Fox's character falls through about four floors of broken, shitty hospital floor that has gone into disarray and ends up falling to the ground and dying well he ends up falling to the ground floor where Patricia and Johnny catch up with them with him and Lucy and then she strangles him to death with her gun
1: yeah cause he's little yeah
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Because he's little. Um, I love that so much. And then
1: she goes after Trini Alvarado with a. She's trying to pick a different weapon for her ghost boyfriend. She picks up a cleaver and he's like, nah. And she picks up a fucking pickaxe and swings it in the craziest (laughs) way you could possibly do it a couple times. And and delivers this (laughs) iconic line Sean, can you share this?
0: Yes, I can. I'm in the mood for a little vivisection.
1: It's wonderful. (laughs) it's (laughs) it's ridiculous in all the best ways there's ghost fights going toward the light getting trapped uh patricia and jake Busey get dragged down to hell and are eaten by um
0: worms we are worms uh Um, it was kind of a a little
1: shop of horrors a little bit it's great and um he thinks he's dead and up in heaven. They're like, it's not time. He sees his wife again.
0: And then they're like, I think I was in heaven. Yeah. They <laughs> tell him to
1: start living, dude. Be happy. And send him back to go be with his widow. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: not not like his, his widow, it's but... the widow. <laughs> <laughs> she will later become his widow. But as of right now, she is mainly just the widow.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. Yes, and we have a nice little coda where they tear down. There was a house that Frank was living in, which was the house he was building for him and his wife, and they never finished it and lived in this absolutely awful monolith to his sh- to his shame. And wow, that was a uh, pretty deep. Um... Impressive. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so tired. Um. So. They are tearing it down so they can build their own house, and it reveals that Lucy can now see ghosts too. Yeah, And then we get a cover of Don't Fear the Reaper, and that's the end of the movie.
1: Yeah. I just let it play to the end of the credits. I didn't even need to watch them. I just like the song.
0: <sighs> it's a good song. Yeah. I love Don't Fear the Reaper. Yeah, Sean, do you
1: have any final thoughts on the Frighteners that we did not cover before we rate this absolute icon of a film?
0: Uh, I mean, this movie is just so much fun. Um, if this is an incoherent podcast (laughs) compared to the rest of ours is, uh, to just take away the fact that this is a movie that is a lot of fun. Like if you enjoy, you know, your horror kind of more comedy-esque or a little bit more light, this is very much in it. It does have some creepy parts, um, but for the most part, it is just a fun romp and it's a rollicking good time (laughs) it really is and it's it's definitely worth checking out
1: so what would you rate this sean
0: oh for me it's an absolute it's an absolute four sometimes four and a half if i'm feeling a little nice
1: so the first time i watched this i easily gave it a four i don't think it, it very much has its flaws but I had such a good time with that. I'm like, gotta give this a four. The second time, I was a little bit between a three and a half and a four, but I'm feeling generous, so I'm just gonna leave it. I also will give this a four. I think it is such a blast. It does have its flaws. I think it's paced a little bit weird. A little bit of it's a little tonally strange. Never do quite understand what uh, Jeffrey Combs is doing, but I'm here for it. Go watch it. It's fun. It's fun to throw on on a spooky night and spooky season. It's just... It's fun. Watch it with people. Watch it by yourself. Whatever. Just curl up some snacks and throw on the Frighteners. You won't have a bad time. I can mostly guarantee that. Unless you are just... <laughs> I need elevated horror. Unless you're one of those people. Um,
0: I still enjoy The Babadook.
1: I fucking love The Babadook. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was quoting Scream 5. I, yeah. You know, I feel like Scream 5. I uh, know. That's why I was quoting it. <laughs> So, how'd this movie do, Sean?
0: Uh, so, its budget was $30 million, but it only grossed $29.3 Oh, that's sad. Um, yeah, so it came out at the same time as Independence Day. um, And the 1996 Summer Olympics in Atlanta opened on the same day, which are both contributing factors. They think are contributing factors to its...
1: Independence Day, I could see that. Uh, Summer Olympics, I don't know why people...
0: A lot of people stay home for that. Or they used to. You couldn't like rewatch them, so you had. That's to watch true. Them it was, it was in the
1: nineties. Yeah, so that does make sense. You
0: can't just you can't just be like, well, let me go to the Olympics channel and watch it seventeen times. Like yeah. now, it's like at the time you had to watch the Olympics while the Olympics were happening.
1: Yeah, it's like inescapable now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now you're gonna have the Olympics channel for a month and a half.
1: Well, on Letterbox, at least it seems to be somewhat redeemed. People have given this an average of three point four, and so in Letterbox terms, this
0: That's movie's fucking good. sweet. It's a high. It's a what? A high B plus
1: for Letterbox. Yeah, yeah.
0: Which is about where I'd put it.
1: Yeah. So. I recently went on a couple different podcasts. I went to talk about Hereditary on the Drafty Quarters podcast, and we disagreed greatly. I think it's a masterpiece. They did not. Uh, If you want to listen to that. And also, I was on every rom-com, that podcast, talking about Alex Strangelove and, you know, seduction techniques and my hatred of Ryan Murphy and... (laughs) You know, it's a great time. And my coming out story and losing my virginity stuff that has not been talked about on our podcast. So check that out. Yeah, thanks it's good for bringing that over
0: to another podcast. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Sorry, it just hasn't come up yet. So
0: Keeping the mystery alive.
1: Yeah. And it's good enough that I listened to myself talk for a lengthy podcast and just forgot about listening to myself and just laughed at it. It's really good. Highly recommend. Alex Strangelove, every rom-com. If you want to find us on the socials, You can find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Blue Sky. Just search the pod. You'll find us. And if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter, Letterboxd, Blue Sky, at Just Happy to See you, number two, letter C, letter U. Sean, you are on those same places at?
0: I am at Murph the Smurf, M-U-R-P-H, T-H-E-S-M-U-R-P-H.
1: And if you want to email us something, our email is men who like men who like movies, pod at gmail.com. Sean, what are we doing next week?
0: So, next week is kind of a special episode. We are going to have uh, one of my best friends on this planet um, over to talk <laughs> for about... For dinner? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, she's coming over for Midnight Margaritas. Um don't we have are an old ext- friend for dinner. No, okay. we're not talking about silent. N- no, we're not. <laughs> we're talking about Midnight Margaritas and Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock and Diane Weiss and Stock Mechanic uh, and Baby Evan Rachel Wood. Um and we are watching Practical Magic.
1: Yeah, we are so excited. Please don't forget to give us a rate, a review, if you have time. It helps podcasts so much. And don't forget to be kind to people out there during spooky season. It is not hard to do, and the world sucks, and it doesn't cost you anything. So, yeah, be kind, people. Be kind, rewind. Yes. If you have VHS, also rewind before you start it over, because that is just nice. Anyway, until next time, bye, everyone. Bye.